Amen. Isn't it wonderful to have a fantastic person that you can just call on a Thursday afternoon and say, hey, Brother Ed, would you lead us a couple of songs Sunday morning? And he says, yes. Thank you, brother. I, uh, I, I'm the one that's blessed getting to serve alongside these folks each and every week. Now, last time I brought the message, the roof started coming down because I was so excited. I don't know if you remember that or not, but it did. And, uh, you know, a lot's happened since then. I got to baptize my son since then. So can you imagine how much even more excited I am? And because of that, I've already noticed some of the ceiling on the floor over here. So I am really, really pumped uh, to remind you again my heart's desire. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, For I do not preach myself, but Christ Jesus the Lord and myself is your bond servant for Jesus' sake. That is my heart each and every time I have the opportunity to stand and share God's Word. Today, as we look out, we see our church family. There might be some visitors with us, but, but odds are everyone here this morning is a child of God. Now, if you're not, this message will certainly apply to you, but it is primarily uh, for our church family, those believers in Christ Jesus. Um. I've been in Nehemiah for about the last four weeks in my podcast and, and just talking about worship and, and encouragement. And so I just knew that's what the Lord was going to let me preach on today. But nope, that's not at all what he wanted me to preach on today. Uh, we're going to be somewhere else in Scripture. But it ties in, I believe, uh, to how uh, we're looking at our family worship. You know, my memories from childhood are treasures. And I'm sure most of you here today would say that, oh, your memories from childhood are treasures. I worry a lot today uh, about the world that Forrest is growing up in. I worry that there's just so much being thrown at him uh, that he's not going to have those same fond memories of childhood uh, that I have, or, or more importantly, that family time. We make a special effort to have family time each and every week, and, and there's some weeks where it doesn't happen, and, and that's usually my fault, and, and I want to make up for those things, but we want to focus on that. And, and as you heard this morning from our pastor, uh, from our support staff, our uh, student pastor, Brother Joseph, our preschool minister, Miss Kimmy, uh, well, she loves to talk on the video, could you tell? And from our uh, children's minister, Miss Stephanie, it is a wonderful opportunity for family worship, 30 minutes. And we give you everything. We give you the video. What you've got to do at home is that sit down together family time. And that is going to be a memory that you will never, ever get over. That's something you'll never lose to have that time together. Anytime we get to do something together as a family, that clings to us. And we encourage that. Uh, again, our pastor, he, he, is, he was so excited. He said, Brother Tommy, I'm going to steal your thunder talking about it. i got to do a video. I said, Brother, you're not stealing anything. Do that video. How exciting that we are able, again, to be innovative and to share this opportunity. And, and when I say share this opportunity, some of you have already seen it on your Facebook post. I hope you've shared it. They don't have to be members of Dilrata Baptist Church to have family worship. You could be a, anyone. Everyone needs family worship. Share that on your Facebook post. Let people know to go to DowRadoBaptist.com slash family worship, I believe is what it's going to be. Uh, Miss Becca will have a slide up. You'll get more and more information about that. But it begins this Wednesday night. Memories, so many memories. 
family time together. But one of my fondest memories, <laughs> one of the best times growing up as a child is when we went to the drive-in theater. Yes, for those younger than me today, that is a real thing. There was a theater that you drove your car to. Got a wonderful uh, picture of that this morning on our screens. There was a theater that you drove your car to. And no, because I remember that, it does not make me old. I am still very young. But one of my greatest memories was going to the drive-in theater with my family. We'd get piled up in the car, and uh, we'd have to carry blankets because it might be cold out, you know. And we'd all have all this good stuff. And, and uh, you'd be in the car, and you know, now if, if you remember it, uh, those of you who actually remember that, or, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So, you know, you'd roll down the window, and you'd take that little speaker off the pole, and you'd stick it on the inside window, and you'd roll your window back up, and there's that little speaker right there in the car. Well, you know, you'd be watching a movie, and it would be getting to that point, that culmination, the climax, if you will, of what's happening. You know, the music's kind of getting, getting building up. You know, you're getting to that point. And all of a sudden, this is what you got. Snap my toes in five minutes. Snap my toes in five minutes. And you jump, slap out of your skin because it scared you so bad because you're right there. You're right there. But over the loudspeaker, you had no doubt that the movie was just about to be over because you had heard the announcement, snack bar close in five minutes. That's our title today. That's our title. That's our sermon title. Now, now when I was telling it to Miss Becca, she said, you mean snack bar closes in five minutes. I said, no. No, because that's not what they said over the speaker. It was just snack bar closed in five minutes. So we're staying true to that childhood memory going to the drive-in theater. Well, can I just let you know that God's Word gives us an announcement? In the movie that we call life, He's given us an announcement, and it's called the Revelation. You've got your Bibles with you today, and I certainly hope that you do. I need you to turn to Revelation, and it's probably the last page in your Bible that has scripture on it. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to read. Beginning in verse 6. Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read beginning in verse 6. So you know me. Let's stand together. And we get a little closer to heaven. As we read God's word. If you don't have your Bible. You can direct your attention to the screen. And it is printed. Revelation chapter 22. Beginning in verse 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I saw John. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Holy Father, as we stand in your presence today, Lord, may your word pour into us. God, that you would move this old boy aside and this would simply be a broken vessel of every word that you would have proclaimed today, God. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you that we can celebrate the Lamb of God. 
who took our place. Thank you that we can sing about that place called heaven. But Lord, right now in these moments, may we set everything aside and turn our eyes completely on you and that our hearts would be open and receive what you would have for us today. God, we love you. We praise you. Lord, I am unworthy, but use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Now, I want you to be mindful today as we walk through these verses in Revelation. Uh, if, you, if you will, the movie that we call Life uh, is almost done. The theater manager, if you will, uh, has come over the loudspeaker. Snack bar clothes in five minutes. One of the greatest challenges in Revelation in studying the book of Revelation, it, it, it forms a challenge to us in applying it to our lives because over 80% of the book is looking to the future. But these final verses, the epilogue, is very much about who's read, who hears these words, and how we respond to them. How do we respond to the announcement that's been made. Now, I'm going to take three words today, just three words. I always want something you can remember, hang on to. Three words today. The first word I want us to look at is truth. The word is truth. Look at verse 6 again. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. Now, the he of verse 6 is the same angel uh, who was speaking in verse 1 of chapter 22, but he's also that angel interpreter who showed John the vision of the new Jerusalem. That's found in Revelation 21, uh, verses 9 and 10. And he testifies to John and to us as readers that the words of the Revelation are trustworthy, are faithful, and they are true. So, Scripture deserves our respect. Scripture deserves our honor. Scripture deserves our attention. Scripture deserves our faithfulness because it has come from the Lord God Almighty. And God's not in the business of trying to bewilder us. People look at Revelation and say, oh my goodness, I can't. God's not trying to bewilder us. He, he wants us as believers to be in the business of knowing that He is faithful and true to His promises. God's Word is truth. He guarantees that we can believe the words of this revelation. God's Word is dependent on His character. God's Word is dependent on His character, and He never goes back on His Word. Everybody should have shouted amen right then, just a heads up. Now, if I need to go back to Nehemiah, I can to let you know that's okay. But God never goes back on His Word. Christ praying to the Father for His disciples in John 17, 17 says this, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. John 17, 17 again, which plug-in happens to be the title of one of the podcasts that your church offers uh, on Spotify, just so you know, just a little FYI there if you didn't already know, uh, John 17, 17. Psalm 119, middle of, the middle of the Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 160, the entirety of your word is true. Every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Truth. Truth. God's Word is truth. 2 Samuel 
728, as David is giving thanksgiving to God. And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. His words are true and he's promised it goodness to your servant. All that has been disclosed, all that's been disclosed, not just revelation, all that has been disclosed in symbols or in direct language is God's truth to us. 6b, if you look down in 6b, the truth is further stressed by the angel when he says, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Okay, now, again, back in Revelation 19, the angel had stated, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So he is affirming to us, this angel is affirming to us two truths, that the same God who spoke through the Old Testament prophets, again, the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel, he is testifying to us the same God who spoke through the Old Testament prophets, is speaking through this message to John in Revelation. And number two, that God sent his angel to show his servants, John and all the believers that would read this, to show his servants the events that have transpired and the events that are to come will occur. The truth, this right here, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, this right here is forevermore will be truth. Second word, coming, coming. Let's look at verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Okay, well, let's camp out on the first word, behold. Okay, behold. Well, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that this is important. It's only mentioned 1,298 times in Scripture, okay? So I'm thinking that this is slightly important. Behold, pay attention, camp out on what I'm about to say here. The actual Greek definition here is look at this. Look at this. Snack bar close in five minutes. They made it an announcement. That's what we've got right here. We've got an announcement. Behold, the words of Christ himself. We've changed speakers now. We've gone from what the angel was saying to what Jesus is saying. The words of Christ himself following the confirmation and declaration of verse 6, which is these words are faithful and true. Christ is saying that we see Jesus coming. Notice that it's the present tense. I am coming. His coming is imminent. Now, I know, okay, some of you are sitting here, some of you on Facebook are going, well, you know, it's been over 2,000 years he still ain't got here. And you say, it says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Well, okay, well, let's talk about that just for a second. We get hung up on stuff. We get hung up on stuff that's really not stuff we need to get hung up on. The Greek word for quickly is actually, uh, uh, it, it means more of soon. But the derivative that's used here is sudden. Sudden. He will come suddenly, unexpectedly. Uh, Lamus commentary 
God does not see time as we do. Quickly might not necessarily mean immediate. However, what it does imply is that a life is to be lived in readiness and expectation. The announcement has been given, behold, I am coming. I being Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. We don't know. We don't know when. We, there's a reason we don't know. Whether it's five minutes to us, whether it's 100,000 years to us, if you're still living in 100,000 years, that's wonderful for you. But even if it takes that long, we just don't know. That's not what's important. What's important is the truth that he is coming. What we do know, let's focus on what we do know. We do know the announcement has been made. When we were at the drive-in movie theater, and they kicked on that speaker and made you jump out of the car because they were so loud. Start by calling in five minutes. And they said it twice like you didn't hear it the first time. I mean, come on. The announcement here has been made. The Lord Jesus has given it in his own voice. Behold, let me get your attention. I am coming. Can you tell I'm excited? Be certain of truth. Be certain that Jesus is coming. Third word. Man, we're flying through this, aren't we? Life. Life. How are you living life? The second part of verse 7. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, what we've got here is the sixth beatitude given to us in the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, we're given the first beatitude of Revelation where it says, where we are admonished to read and hear the prophecies of this book. Okay, well here, we're now told to keep these sayings. Now, there are seven beatitudes in Revelation, okay, that maybe you didn't know about, but that's a sermon series all to itself, so I'm, I'm not going to try to preach that series today. But just know this is the sixth beatitude, and that we are commanded to hold to these teachings. Hold to these prophecies. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. We all know what that is, yes? Our surrender to our Savior, the profession of our faith without wavering. For He is faithful that promise. That's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible. Because we still live in the flesh. We're still going to have sin. But are we striving for a life that is lived, held fast to his promises, unwavering? Notice also what it says here. We've got the present participle here again. Participle, however you want to use that term. But it's in the present again. He who keeps. Who keeps. 
which implies a continually watching over, a continually guarding of your life in the expectancy that Christ is coming. Please understand this morning that the intent of the prophecies that are found in Revelation, they are to lead us to a more dependent trust and a more obedience to God Almighty. James 1.25, He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. We get hung up in Revelation. You know, this is the epilogue now. This is wrapping everything up. Everything from Genesis 1-1 where in the beginning, in the beginning, now we're wrapping it up here in the epilogue, the truth that is. But, but Revelation, it, it's not just to satisfy our curiosity about what's going to happen. Too many times we read Revelation and we're worried about what's going to happen. Oh, well, I got to know, I got to know. No, 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 no. And it, Revelation is not written just to be that chronological chart or that checklist. Oh, this happened. Check. This happened. Check. That's not what Revelation was given to us for. God inspired Revelation for the sole purpose of revealing the glory of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to call us as believers to live a godly, obedient life in the name of Jesus until he comes again. That's what Revelation's for. Don't get buried in oh, all these prophecies and all these visions. Live a life for Christ. Wednesday nights, we miss it. Praise God for this innovation of what Wednesday nights can be until we're able to meet together again. But when we're meeting together on Wednesday nights, we've got this thing called Bible study on Wednesday nights. And our pastor's going through Colossians. And I told him this week, I said, hey, I'm going I'm to steal one of your verses. And he goes, well, it's not really my verse. Paul wrote it. <laughs> but I, I said, well, you, you're absolutely right. Colossians 1, 10 through 12, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Where's the knowledge of God? Oh, let's increase in it. Strengthened with all his might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. For us to be partakers of the inheritance. What's part of that inheritance? He's coming. In order for us to walk worthy of Him, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge, are we living in His truth? Are we worthy? No, never will be. But are we being fruitful in our life? Do we realize, do we live life knowing that time is in His hands? Our very existence is in His hands. How can we not be aware of that with the last year plus of horrors that we've lived through on this earth? 
James 4.14, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This movie that we call life, okay, it is not a double feature. That did happen at the drive-in. You know, you got to pay you $3 and you got two movies out of it. One movie cost about $20 now. Certainly not two. You can't even rent one on, uh, what's that, Prime Video. You can't even rent one for $3 anymore. The movie that we call life, it's not a double feature. There's not time to get it all done. We're not going to be here to see every checklist. And if we are, it's not going to matter to us because the eastern skies are going to part and the Lord God himself, Jesus Christ, will come on that white horse. And we're not going to be worried about, that didn't get checked off the list. We're not going to be worried about that. What we need to be worried about is, have we been living our life for Jesus? These three words, truth, coming, life. One conclusion. One conclusion. Read verses 8 and 9 with me again. Verses 8 and 9. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Get ready. Here it is. Worship God. Does our life reflect the worship of God? Now, John seemingly fell down to worship the angel, uses that phrase twice. It also says it in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 10. But I believe the statement here is more of a reminder to us as the reader uh, of those earlier actions because of the conclusion he repeats it. Two words. Worship God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you're dead. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. But I look out again, I see my church family. And we know without Christ, we are dead. Unfortunately, sometimes we live a stagnant Christian life. We have Christ, but it's a stagnant Christian life. Deuteronomy 10 said it like this, You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise, and he is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things. Okay, now this is Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Let's go to the other side. Let's look under the new covenant, John 4, 23. The hour is coming. There's that word again. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Worship God. Oh, I'm doing that. I'm here. Mm -mm. 
Mm-mm. That is not it. Think about it. Let it sink in. Coming here on Sunday morning is not it. Only the beginning. Family worship on Wednesday nights. Family worship. You say, well, it's just the two of us, husband and wife. Can I tell you, some of our happiest times are when it's just me and Melissa. She tells me what to do, and I do it, and she is so happy. (laughs) It's okay. You say, well, I'm at home all by myself. No, you are not. You've got the Lord God Almighty right there with you. Family worship. And I mean, we're, 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 (laughs) these wonderful, wonderful ministerial staff could not be making it any easier. One question and the answer. That's what we want you to talk about. What is worship? Are you worshiping God with your life? In case you can't tell, I'm a movie guy. Okay? Uh, when Melissa and I started dating, you might have heard this story, and we'll tell it again. Uh, one of the, I thought, you know, we, we were communicating through email, and uh, I had met her one time, and of course, I was one right then, but uh, we were communicating through email, and I was asking her if she was a movie person. I worded that question wrong, because she thought she was a movie person, but the four movies that she had actually seen and that she liked does not constitute her as a movie person. Uh, <laughs> Forrest is a movie person. He, he and I are, are movie person. We, we twist mommy's arm. Uh, our family time, we love to just pile up on the couch uh, one night and watch a movie. And we, they usually eat popcorn. I'm usually trying to find something chocolatey. Uh, but we're, we're, we're movie people. And, and you know what? My life is a movie. I'm right in the middle of it. We'll be going down the road, and Forrest will say something, and Melissa will say something, and I'll just burst down into a little song. And Forrest will say, what's that from? And Melissa will say, that's from the life in your daddy's mind. Okay? We're in, the, we're in the middle of, my life's in the middle of the movie right now. But you know what? Your life is in the middle of a movie right now. It may be one of the best parts. It could be one of those, everything's so great right now. It, it could be. Well, that valley part, you know, every movie's got that valley part you're walking through. Some of it's just scary. That might be what you're going through. But what, what we know is that this, this, this movie that we call life that you're going through, wherever you are in your movie, wherever you are, whether it's great, whether you're about middle of the road, whether it's, it's a real struggle right now, what we need to know is the announcement has been given. Snuck by clothes in five minutes. Behold, I am coming. God has grabbed the microphone. He has made the announcement. Whether it's five minutes from now, whether it's 155 minutes from now, whether it's 200 years from now, what is my life going to be? When the credits start to roll, you know, we don't, Marvel got real smart. They started teaching you to watch the credits roll because there's always that little scene after the credits, you know. Yeah, Ben knows. I, I hear you. Okay. When the credits start to roll, is it going to say produced by Jesus? 
Is it going to say life lived in worship to God? The truth. We have it. We have it. It has been declared to us. He is coming. It will be sudden. It will be in an instant. But he is coming. What life are we living? Are we living a life of worshiping God Almighty? King of kings, Lord of lords. I am a Christian. Are you living that way? Now, again, today if you're here and you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's step one. Surrender to the shed blood. First and foremost, surrender. But if you're a Christian here today, and again, I see our family. Don't sit in the pew week after week. If you're on the Facebook with us this morning, on the Facebook, y'all don't make fun of that. If you're on Facebook with us this morning, don't just log in for 60 minutes each week and ignore the speaker that's going off. Worship God. It's not just on Sunday. It's not just for that hour. We have His truth. It's so rich. It's so wonderful. It just, when you read it, when you study it, you just want more. He is coming. What life are we living? Well, I'm, I'm just old now. I'm just old. I'm just here. No excuse. It, it, I, it says that nowhere in here. That's not true. You never get too old to serve the Lord. Can I just tell y'all something? She's not here today. And I hate that. You know, we don't like to call out people. <clears throat> I sent 60 letters, I think. 60 letters, or there were 60 volunteers that were here, active and present, and serving in our evangelism event. And then our staff, of course. Can I tell you, though, that there was one person that stuck out to me? One. What my wife, who worked hard, what these wonderful staff that just get behind me as I'm leading that event, wasn't any of them. You can tell you who it was. She's not here today. It was Diane Gibson. I had to go home and pray about it because I was ashamed. Because Diane Gibson, who's on a walker, was face-to-face sharing the gospel. You think she had every right to say, you know what, I'm too old to be down there. Don't tell her I called her old, Miss Gibson. She had every right to say that. Mm-mm. She had every right to say, you know what, I'm just not feeling all that good. I don't want to drag my walker out down there. Mm-mm. She didn't say that. You know what she said? I'm going to live a life worshiping God, sharing Jesus. Now, I know some of you, there were others. There were others who were, who were sharing the gospel. I know that. There were others who listened to our pastor as he walked through faith. And you were using it. But Diane, I, I just, man, you talk about the Spirit tugging at me. So don't tell me, well, I've just reached that point where I'm just a pew filler. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Not an option. 
That's nowhere in the truth where it says pew filler. What's your life? Snack bar closed in five minutes. The announcement has been made. The truth is given. Jesus is coming. Is your life a testimony of worship to God? Pray with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for revelation. Thank you for Genesis 1-1 all the way through. Thank you that it is true. Lord, I pray we've been challenged today. God, I believe your spirit. Lord, I've, I wanted to preach Nehemiah. God, you said no. Lord, there's a reason. Somebody here, somebody who's tuning out, tuning out that announcement, somebody here who's not hearing the announcement, Lord, let them come down here and let's pray about it. Let's talk through it. Lord, somebody here who, for the first time, wants to surrender to the truth. Lord, let them come. Lord, if somebody's been watching this morning, they need to call the office. Lord, let them call. Lord, I know there's a reason, God, because your word does not return void. Thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for challenging us today, Father. We love you. And I ask God, Lord, that if something needs to be done in this invitation time, God, that there would be boldness. They would step out. But Lord, all of that is up to you. Lord, that we would worship God with our daily lives. Your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.